This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Schamburg Community Church. Listen and be blessed. Luke in chapter 5. Luke in chapter 5, we'll read the first few verses. Um, in a few Sundays, February the 4th actually, we're going to launch our connect groups on that day. And we want to know on that day... As they're passing out the sign-in sheets, please, when you put your name down, also write which suburb or village or city that you live in. Is it Hoffman Estate? Is it Rolling Meadows? Is it Lansing? Is it Calumet City? Is it Chicago? Please put it on there because we're doing our connect groups and we want to try an experiment that we learned at Willow Creek. We've been going there and we will talk about it a little bit more. But when you sign in your name today, please just go ahead and put the city in which you live inside there. And if you have moved houses, the Lord has blessed you, you have bought a new house, or you have gone in a new direction, when we finish the service today, please go ahead and update your information outside as you go. We would like to celebrate with you. We send birthday cards, but a whole number of those birthday cards come back undelivered because the people have moved on along. And I've heard one or two people say to me, say, Pastor, you didn't celebrate our birthday. I would love to celebrate with you. But if you've moved houses, changed address recently, please just go ahead and, and give them your address or your new spot outside where you live. And God will bless you as you do so. Amen. Amen. Luke in chapter 5, in verse 1. We have been fasting. The general overseer of the church said that for 50 days since the 11th of February, we should fast. The Bible says that when you believe in God, you will be established. Second Chronicles 20.20. It says, but when you believe in his prophet, you will be prosperous. So that you can join me in prosperity, any one of us as you can, I want you to please join the corporate fast going on. We pray every day. You can join the prayer line in the morning. We'll send you a note on that so that you can participate in what God wants to do. You don't know whether it will work or whether it will not work. So what do you have to lose by trying? I say you have nothing to lose. But that's me saying it. Stand on your feet together. Let's read from verse 1, Luke in chapter 5. Can you please give me the original King James Version if you have it? King James Version if you have it. Let's read it together. One, two, go. And it came to pass... That, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word, he stood by the lake of Genesaret, in verse 2, and he saw two sheep standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the sheep, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the sheep. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. In verse 5, and Simon answering him said, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done, in verse 6, this is where we will stop. 
they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Go back to verse 3. If that Bible is yours. In verse 3, look at what it said to him in verse 3. It said, when he entered the net, he prayed that he would do what? Thrust out. Underline the word thrust. Underline the word thrust if that Bible is yours. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the sheep. In verse 4. What does it say in verse 4? He says, when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, what did he say again? Launch out into the deep. And then do what? Let down your net. This morning I want to talk about unusual help. God will send you unusual help. Thank God for the few people who understand that. I said God will send you unusual help. But you have to position yourself to receive help. So this morning... I want to speak briefly from a subject I have titled, Position Yourself for Help. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Speak to us by yourself what you have prepared for us to hear. Send unusual help to us one by one. Let your name be glorified. What we cannot do by ourselves, Lord, accomplish them through the power in your word. And let your name be glorified. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Go ahead and take your seat. I want to welcome those who are worshiping with us for the first time. If this is your first time worshiping here with us, just wave your hands to the people of God. Hallelujah. All over the house, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. After we're done, I would like to have a word of prayer with you. I would like to share a word of prayer with you, and uh, we will see what God wants us to do. You see, in the story we just read, this same encounter was recorded and reported in the book of Matthew. It's in verse 4 that Matthew reported the same story. And it's a story many of us are familiar with. So I'm not going to, to drag it out too long. In the first service, I was telling them about being encouraged and discouraged. And we shared in the first service about the subject of discouragement and how you will get your encouragement from God. And here, I want to pick up the story. Jesus Christ got to the harbor. He had been preaching, and people followed him. As they were following him along, he saw sheep after sheep after sheep after sheep. And he kept on going, passing all of them, until he got to one sheep that belonged to Simon Peter, and he stopped. I pray God will stop at somebody's address today. He was going on along, and when he got to the boat of Simon Peter, he just turned around, and he stopped. In that boat, or around there, there were two sets of brothers that were there. There were the sons of Zebedee, James and John. They were there. And then there was Simon Peter and his brother, Andrew. They were busy men. They were businessmen. They had been going about the business of life. But that particular morning, that was discouragement that had set in for them. He had gone to work all night. He had nothing to take home. And so he's going to have to meet his boo at home and tell her, I didn't make anything today. I just got fired. 
That would have been a tough conversation. She's waiting for him and he's going back home empty-handed. So you can imagine his state of mind when he was there. And Jesus Christ now walks up to him and says, can I use your boat? There are many things he could have said to Jesus Christ that morning. What do you think? I'm a busy guy. I don't have time for all of this now. I don't feel like this now. I've had a long day. I've just been fired. My spouse just lost her job. We just had a miscarriage. We just lost my relationship. Our house is being repossessed. Things are not going well. This is not the time. If this is a joke, stop it. Can I talk to some people today? There comes a time in everybody's life that the thing that you are going through will be so bad that you just feel like walking away from it all. Can I talk to some real people? You just feel like, I'm done. It becomes worse when it happens to Christians because you are faithful. You have done everything that you know to do. You have paid your tithe. After all, that's what they say. When you pay tithe, everything should work out. That's not true. It's more than that. You have been faithful. You came to church. You prayed. And you, nothing seems to be working right for you. And so discouragement sets in. You know, the discouragement is worse. If you begin to see people who are not doing as much as you are succeeding. You know, if you were succeeding at the same time that they were, it wouldn't, it wouldn't pain you so much. But you see, sometimes their success looks like it's staring you in the face because you are not doing equally as well. And so your focus now shifts away from what they are doing and what you are not doing. You now begin to look at God and say, God, what is going on here? Can I talk to some real people today? Because I have been there. If you have not been there yet, just hold it in your left hand. Because someday, sometime soon, you will get to the point where you will question yourself and say, is this thing working? Is it working? I shared a story with them in the morning. I said, when I got back to this, the first time I landed here, as you can tell from my diction, I was born on the south side of Chicago, and I was raised in the west suburbs, and all my life I have lived here. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just I'm being fictitious. When I arrived in Chicago, and my pastor came to greet us, we were going to church, five of us, in a two-door car. And he went outside, and he said, where's the car? And I said, that's the car. He said, this one? I said, yes. He said, how are we going to fit inside? I said, don't worry, we'll manage. So we opened the seats. Pastor went inside. My wife in the back with her two kids. And he got inside. And he said to me, say, well, well, I can see the floor. I said, yes. He said, is it okay? I said, don't worry, you'll be okay, you'll be fine. And as we were riding along, there was rain. He said, my pants are wet. Because the water from the road was splashing onto his legs. And his pants were inside there. And he was looking at me like, how am I going to get on the stage? Because I'm going to preach and my pants are wet. My shoe is ruined because I'm driving in your car. But I was still driving him to the church. And nothing was going to take away my joy. And I said to him, I said, Pastor Femi, you'll be fine. Has it happened to you before that you're doing all the right things and nothing seems to be working? That's where Simon Peter was that morning. He had gone to work. He had done everything that he knows to do. And everything was not working. Help me tap someone on the shoulder today and tell them it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Why did God choose Simon Peter's boat that morning? Why did God choose Simon Peter's boat that morning? You see, because if you look at some of the things that we're going through, 
The Bible tells us in Ephesians in chapter 1 in verse 4. Ephesians in chapter 1 in verse 4, it says, even before the foundations of the earth, God had decided what you are going to be. 1 Corinthians in chapter 2 in verse 9. It says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God is going to do for those whose hearts have faithfully stayed upon him. You see, while you are worrying about where you are going, God is worrying about how you will get there. You are focused on the target. God is focused on the steps and the process. That's why David said in Psalm 37, in verse, in verse uh, 23, he says, Rejoice because the steps of the righteous, they are ordered by him. I was asking the choir this morning if they know that old school song. And none of them knew it. Have you ever heard that song before? Rejoice for the steps of the righteous men. They are ordered of God. They are ordered of God. Rejoice for the steps of the righteous men. They are ordered of God. In the time of trouble, God will uphold you. God will defend you. God will sustain you. In the time of trouble, God will lift you up. So rejoice, your steps are ordered of God. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and tell them your steps are ordered by God. Tap them your steps are ordered by God. You see, it's not the people whose steps are not ordered that fall into trouble. It's the people whose steps are ordered that are in trouble. So if God ordered your steps, that means you'll be all right. If it is God that ordered your steps and he's not thinking about this as he's going along, he's not making it up as he's going along, the steps are already in place. Many of us are waiting till we get to the destination, but God is looking for us to praise him along the way in every step that you are going to take. Is someone listening to me today? God is not waiting until you get onto the stage. He's waiting for you to praise him as you take each step as you are going on along. And God is looking for step praisers. If you praise him for the first location, then he will answer you. You praise him for the second spot, then he will answer you. You praise him for the third spot, then he will answer you. God does not owe anybody anything. Can I, a few step praisers, jump on your feet this afternoon and shout, praise the name of the Lord. Let a few step praisers go on and praise the Lord this morning. Take your seat quickly. Three things that Jesus Christ told Simon Peter that morning. The first thing, Simon, he gave him three instructions. I want you to know that God doesn't give foolish instructions. If God told you to do something, you may not understand it, but it is not foolish. I was driving with my daughter the other day, and she was following a car behind. I knew we were approaching an intersection, and I said to her, change lanes. She said, why? I said, because that car in front is going to slow down. And she said to me, how do you know? While we were still talking about that, the car stopped. It slowed down and came to a halt. And we stood behind the car. And she could not get out because it was literally the highway. And the other cars that were on her left were flying by. And she looked at me and she said, I guess I should have listened to you. I said, I guess so. And we kept on going. God does not give stupid instructions. If he tells you what to do, it may not make sense to you, ab initio from the beginning, but trust me in this. He knows the end from the beginning. 
He knows where you are going. He has prepared what you are going to get there. And so he's not working on your gift when you get there. He's working on you so that by the time you get to the place where the gift is, you'll be ready to receive the gift. I shared a story with them in the morning. My daughter, this same one, when she was about to start driving, said, I want a Mercedes. I said, you don't even know how to drive. You want a Mercedes. I said, who does that? But now, a few years after, if I give her the Mercedes, she can handle it. But at that point in time, she could not handle that gift of Mercedes. Why do I say so? A gift that is given at the wrong time is not a gift. Hello, somebody. A gift that is given too soon is not a gift. You see, the car is still the same. The car can handle her driving it. The road has always been there. The road can handle it. I, who gave her the car, I always had the capacity to give her the car. But she, the driver of the car, was simply not ready at that point in time. So if God gives you some of the things that you're looking for now, let me talk to somebody who is real. If God gives you what you're looking for and you're not ready for it, it will simply destroy you. The prodigal son taught us that. He got what he wanted too early and it drove him away from God. My prayer for you is that God will not give you too much that it will take you away or too little that you will begin to wander away from him. I pray he will give you enough in time and the prayer you should pray to God is just bless me the way that I need it, when I need it, in the right quantity that I need it. Just like Jabez said, he said, just bless me indeed. Job did not ask, and Jabez did not ask for anything. He just said, just bless me what? Tap your neighbor and tell him, God will bless me indeed. Let me go ahead quickly and I'll tell you one of the two things that God said to, um, Jesus Christ said to Luke. He said in Luke in chapter 5 verse 3, and I ask you to underline that. What did he say to him? He said, thrust out. He said what? Thrust out. Jesus Christ wanted him to be separated from the people that were around him. And so he had to separate him from there by telling him, thrust out. Just go away a little bit from where you are and thrust out because there's too much noise around you. There's too many things going on around you. The noise of the culture is drowning out the noise of God and the sound of God in your ears. So you need to separate yourself a little bit by thrusting out. You need to thrust out. Tell your neighbor you need to thrust out. Say, so just go ahead and thrust out a little bit. Now, I submit that that morning, Simon Peter was not a Christian. Ask me why. It was a Sunday. Not only was he at work, he was at work with the rest of his people. They had been working overnight. He was tired and he was going home. So that means that that morning, church was not in his plans. Because when he gets home, he's going to sleep. Well, someone may say, well, he may have been in the health services or utility, but nothing was said around that. So he was not in church that morning, but God still decided that he was going to help him. I pray that wherever you are, God will send you help. He said, thrust out. That is a call to separation. The crowd may feel good. The people around you may feel good. But they are not whom God has called you to in the place that he wants to bless you.
The entourage that you have, they are good for company, but they are not good for destiny. The people that are surrounding you, they are good for your ego because they are looking at you as the champion, but they are not the ones that will take you to where you need to go. You need to change your seat sometimes and go and hang out with people that will challenge you. Tell your neighbor this morning, pastor is talking to you. Number two, the second instruction God gave him. He said, thrust out. Then when you get to verse 4, what did he say about in verse 4? Put the verse 4 up there for me. Psalm Luke chapter 5 verse 4. Now he said, launch into the deep. First you had thrust out a little bit. Now he said, launch out into the deep. Why is it that he wants him to launch out into the deep? Jesus Christ is talking about the deep places of him. When you read Psalm 42 in verse 7. Psalm 42 in verse 7 says, The deep calleth unto the deep. Put it up. Just help me out here today so we can see it together. I'm not making these things up. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your water spout. When the word comes out of Jesus Christ's mouth, deep is calling the deep. So Jesus Christ lives in the deep places. He cannot deal with the shallow dwellers. If you are going to walk into the help that God wants for you this year, you have to step out into the deep. Do I hear amen? amen? If you read Psalm 107 in verse 23, Psalm 107 verses 23 and 24, show it to me quickly. Ships are not made for the dockyard. Ships are safe in the dockyard, but they are not made for the dockyard. Any ship that remains in the dockyard is an aberration, is an anomaly, it is a failure, it is a travesty of purpose, it is a, an, it is a failure of what God wants you to do. In verse 7 it says, they that go down to the sea in ships, they do business in the great waters. Look at what it says in verse 24. Look at what it says in verse 24. They do business in the great waters. These are the ones that see the works of the Lord and his wonders. Where? You can't see the wonders of God in the shallows. You can't see the wonders of God while you are on the edge. You can't see the wonders of God while you are hanging on and holding up. Faith is risky business. What if it doesn't work? What if? Daniel said, I want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your God. And even if he does not answer us, I still want you to know that we will not serve him. I grew up and I did some work in computer programming. That type of language, when you read computer syntax, if there's an if, then there's a then, then an else, and an end. That is what completes the syntax. Whatever language, Java, C++, anything that you want. Daniel said, if it doesn't help me, and he left it hanging. In computers, the computer would have hung. It would have hung. That's when you are riding in a train in the airport, and it's telling you, this train is automated. Nothing can go wrong, 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 can go wrong. It's already went wrong. The thing that is supposed to correct you has already gone wrong. But in this case, in this case, it doesn't make a difference. God is saying to you, if you must see the wonders of God, you have to go with him into the deep. You cannot stay on the periphery and see what God wants to do. Whales are big fish, not the whale that is my name. The whale that is W-H-A-L-E. It lives in the deep. If you must see a whale, 
You have to get away from the shore and get into the deep place. Then you will see a whale. Now, what if you drown? You have to trust God that you won't drown. Can God keep you from drowning? Yes. Can God keep you afloat? Absolutely. Faith is risky business. Stop your neighbor. Faith is risky business. So he said, reach out into the deep and stretch out into the deep and get rid of safety. Finally, I want to tell you this. You see, there are three sets of people that were there that day. There were some people that were on the shore. They were the ones that they were preaching to. Those ones came to look at what was happening. There are some people that are here today. They have only come to look at you and observe what God is going to do for you. I say amen for me. There are some people that were on the boat. They were the ones that are experiencing what is going on. Then look at instruction number three that Jesus Christ gave them. He said in verse four, he says, let down your nets. I want to stop here. He said, let down your nets. Let down your nets. Let down your nets. Fishermen, I, I, like I said, I grew up in a big village called Lagos. And when I would go to the creek, we would see fishermen fishing in a canoe. They had something that they call a throw net that they were using. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about, they pick the net. And they throw the net, the net scatters. And anything that the net falls on, they pull it back to the sheep. That's one type of a net called a throw net. There's another type of a net called a drag net. They hang that net on two canoes on either side. And as they are driving the canoes, God bless you. Ah, you must be from that area. They hang the two nets and they are dragging the net along. Now, any fish that is in between the two boats inside there gets caught in the net. And so, that's called a throw net. But the type of net that Jesus Christ was talking about then is called a bag net. It's a bag net. It's usually bigger. It has an open end and a closed end. So as one man can drag it, because that's why Simon Peter was able to drag it by himself. He drags it across the water. And as they're going in, the fish get caught inside. But you need to be in the right position to fish. You see, let me say this as I close. When Jesus Christ got into the boat with Simon Peter and he told him to launch out, I put it to you that he did not look like help. It must have looked like some amount of crazy work that you're asking him to do. This is stupid. I'm a fisherman. I've been fishing all night. Fish don't go out in the daytime. They go out at night. I've been a doctor for a long time. You are the administrator. You can't tell me what I need to do to teach the people. You can't tell me I'm a registered nurse. I've already administered the medication. It didn't work. So go home. But this is not what Jesus Christ is saying today. Jesus Christ is saying, I want to touch somebody here today. And that person is me. That person is me. So he was telling him, he said, the boat of his life is what Jesus Christ was going into. You know the boat was his business? The boat was his finance. The boat was his career. The boat was everything that he represented. The boat was his life. 
Since the days of Noah, in Genesis chapter 7, Noah built a boat. And he put everything, eight people was all that God used to turn the whole world around. Eight people. Put them in the boat. And the boat floated above the water. I pray that the boat of your life will float above the waters of the area around you. The same water that drowned people in the days of Noah, it lifted up everyone that was in the boat with him. I pray that calamity around you, you will laugh at calamity. I pray that you will laugh at destruction. I pray that you will laugh at every problem around you. Only with your eyes will you see it, but your family will not participate in it. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's why God said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God will do for those whose hearts have faithfully stayed on him. Are you ready for help today? You have to position yourself. You have to position yourself. That's why they said the deep calls unto the deep. And so as you go on along this morning, in order for you to get divine help, you have to let God onto your boat. You have to let God where? It may look stupid, but if God is speaking to you today, you have to do something about it. That's why I started by telling you in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, in verse 20, believe in God, you shall be established. And believe in his prophets, and you shall do what? Prosper. Put it up so that they can see it. I'm not making it up. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, in verse 20. Hear, O Israel, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God so that you shall be established. Believe his prophets so ye shall prosper. I'm declaring today it will be well with you. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah in chapter 3 in verse 10, it says, Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him. Why? It says, because they shall eat of the fruit of their doing. While you are waiting for God to help you, there's one thing, leave that scripture up there. There's one thing that you have to do is to remain steadfast, to remain focused, to remain holding on. Don't start one minute and change your mind and say it hasn't worked so soon. Don't start in one minute and go away and say it's not working and so you change your mind. You must remain focus. Say ye to the righteous it shall be well with him. Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and declare today. Say I declare. Tap them on the shoulder. I declare it shall be well with you. Look at what it says in verse 11. It says but say ye to the wicked and I know there is no wicked here this morning. It shall be healed with you because the reward of his hands shall be given to him. I pray you will not just earn the work of your hands, but the blessing of God will be upon you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. In Genesis in chapter 26, in verse 10, the Bible says, Isaac sowed in the land. It was a land of famine. He said he got a hundredfold reward when nothing should have been growing. He said he got a hundredfold reward and then God blessed him. So that means that the blessing 
was not the reward we're talking about. The reward for his hard work, he got it, and then God blessed him. Lift up your two hands unto God this morning and call upon him and say, My Father, my Father. Oh, call him, say, My Father, my Father. I lift up my hands to you this morning. Touch your hands into my hands and bless everything that I lay these hands upon in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me receive unusual help from you. Let me receive unusual help from you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me receive unusual help. Unusual help. Unusual help. Unusual help. Go ahead and talk to God. Where is it that you have tried and you don't know what else to do? You have done everything. You have applied to schools. You have applied for work. You have applied for all sorts of things and it's still not working. Discouragement can set in very quickly. People get work when they get out of school. People get children whenever they get married. Isn't that true? So why are you not having twins? People who get married, they live happy relationships. But that's not always true. People who have reinvested time and effort in careers, they get business and they get results. But it has not been working out of you. God is saying to someone here today, He says, don't worry about what is going on. I got your back. You only need to stay focused. Focused. You only need to stay focused and the almighty God, he will do what you alone, he can do in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, lift those hands unto God this morning and say, my father, my father, touch your hands into my hands this morning. Almighty God, touch me with your hands and don't let me go back the way that I came this morning. How I came here this morning is my business. How I am living here this morning, let that be your business in the name of Jesus Christ. How you arrived here, it is in the hands of God. How you live here is in the hands of God. Touch me with your hands this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. I bless and magnify your holy name. For it is in Jesus' marvelous name that we have prayed. Say loud and a better amen. Say amen. Let God hear you today. Father in heaven, I thank you today. For you have shared your word upon our hearts. Everyone in a season of discouragement, I pray that you touch them by yourself today in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, position us for help. Position us for unusual help. And let our story be that this can only be from the God of heaven. Thank you, Lord Almighty, for we prayed in Jesus' marvelous name. And the children of God said, And the children of God said, Aloud, Amen. Go ahead, take your seat. Have you been blessed today? I pray. We hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information, contact Shamber Community Church. 927 N Plum Grove Road, Shamburg, Illinois. Or you can check us out on www.shamburg.org. Jesus is Lord.